So good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is a special edition of the Global Leadership Podcast um, where um, I'm surrounded by very inspirational international women to mark uh, International Women's Day, which if you didn't know falls on the 8th of March each year, so you might be listening to this in the future. Uh, Anyway, I'm joined by an amazing lineup of people today who I'm also privileged enough to call my work colleagues, um, either their clients or former work colleagues or current work colleagues. Um, so just to go around the table, um, I'll introduce everybody quickly and then I'm going to get straight to some, some very exciting questions, which hopefully, ladies, you're excited to answer. Um, so Laura um, is one of our mental wellness experts at Siegel. Uh, good afternoon to you, Laura. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on today. Thanks for joining. Uh, Nadia Obeid is the Global Head of Learning and Development for a company called Interpath Advisory. Um, I've worked with Nadia on and off, scarily, for I think seven or eight years, I think, Nadia, isn't it? Has it been that long? Yeah. <laughs> it has, that's my Yeah, sorry about that. I'm re- there, there is no help, I'm afraid. Um, but thank you for that. So Joe is our Chief Learning Officer at Seedle. Um, me and Joe scarily have worked out in two weeks' time. Me and Joe have been working together. Get this for 16 years. Oh, oh my word. Yeah. Hello, Jessica. I know, I know. Marriages. Yeah. Wait, you need a trophy, Joe. I Exactly. And finally, um, Vicky Cousins is uh, User Engagement Manager at Seedle uh, and also is a bit of a specialist in the safeguarding space as well and does work with lots of people all around the world, which no doubt we'll hear about over the next hour. So ladies, I have a series of questions I'd love to ask you. So I've only done the introduction and the rest of this podcast really is all about you and, and your answers to some to some questions, hopefully, which you're, you're happy to answer. Um, jo, <clears throat> um, who is a woman that's inspired you and why? Okay, so... Crumbs. There's there's several. There's oh, there's many many women that have inspired me in my life, um, and there's probably if I think about it, there's probably three people that stand out, and they're not people that I've worked with, although I've been inspired by many people throughout my career. But there's three people in particular that stand out for me. I'm going to talk about the first one, um, and that is my mum, who sadly lost her life when she was 53. Um. And when I think back to my childhood and, and I look back at my life, I was really fortunate enough to be um, within a family unit that provided, you know, lots of opportunity. Um, I had parents who really believed that as a child, we should try lots of things and we should do lots of activities. Um, but my dad used to travel an awful lot with his job. So a lot of what went on in our childhood was left to my mum because obviously she was at home all the time. And I was a really competitive swimmer back in the day. Um, and she used to travel. She used to work and she used to travel twice a day or take me to the swimming pool twice a day, um, which was 27 miles away. Um, she was always there for me. She still held down a good job. She still provided um, I guess an environment that enabled me to thrive. Um, and when I look back as a parent myself now, and I look back and I think, good grief, how did she juggle all of those things and enable myself and my brother to get involved in different things? She was somebody that always believed in us. She always tried to make sure that, you know, we had those different opportunities to, to step outside our comfort zone, to try different things. Um, and you know, I really looked up to her and I look back at my life and I feel that I probably wouldn't be where I was today 
had it not be what would it not be for her her guidance and her support as as well as juggling all the things that she had to juggle um you know as a mother without that much support from my dad because he wasn't there so you know she really stands out for me but there's also somebody who's in the public eye called Katie Piper um some of you may know of her but I read her autobiography and I follow her <clears throat> through various social media channels and you know she was scolded by acid um and if you read her story it's absolutely horrific but ha- what what she endured and the fight that she had to come through what she went through um i think is quite remarkable and she's been very very successful she has faced her injuries with dignity um and I feel very inspired. You know, if somebody can come through that, a woman can come through that and be successful in life, then, you know, we can come through anything. So that's those two people. You said there was a third, but we can come back to those later. That's yeah, fine. I'm conscious of time, so yeah. I will come back to the lady. <laughs> hey, no, it's all good. Um, same questions to the rest of you um, in terms of uh, a woman who has inspired you and why. Um, Laura, can I come to you next? Yeah, sure. So, um I had a feeling you might have asked me this sort of question. I was thinking today, I was thinking, who are the, the people that really inspire me? Because like Joe says, there are so many of them. And actually, I was doing my mental health first aid webinar this morning, and I was talking about this, this wonderful lady called Betty Kitchener, who actually sort of invented the mental health first aid um, back in 2001. And she's from Australia. And, you know, she's a bit of my hero because we're really, I'm really passionate about talking about mental health and, and well-being and especially in the women arena as well. And the fact that this lady turned around, you know, first aid as we know it to then become mental health first aid and to think about how we support people and direct and signpost them. She is my total hero, really, because it opens the doors to having more conversations. And so when I think about a really inspiring woman. She certainly is one that um, I look up to, but also my nan as well. My nan was a mental health nurse. And I remember, you know, when I was little and she used to go along and one of the things she always said to me in life was, Laura, sometimes everybody needs a little helping hand. And I've always remembered that. And the other thing she used to say to me was, people are not their behaviour. And it's always stayed with me. And I think it really supports me in my journey of getting, you know, talking about mental health and getting people to be more aware of it. And I always remember those two, two little statements that she used to tell me when I was a little girl. Um, and it's always stayed with me. So, yeah, that's my two. Thank you, Laura. Um, next, Vicky, to you, your um, inspiring woman um, and why. Uh, so a little bit like Joe, I've got various people for different reasons, but two of them that I am going to touch on. One is a, a very close circle of friends of six of us who unfortunately four of um, have currently or have endured breast cancer. And one of those, as Aunt will know, sadly passed away last October um, and her heroic fight through that during lockdown um, and the the friendship we had between the six of us um, with four of them going through breast cancer all at the same time was a journey that I never wish to repeat but a journey that I have taken so much from Um, and I think has made me the person I am today made me strong made me realize what's important in life and and actually to stand up for what's right um, and to really believe in yourself The other is um, a lady called Dame Cecilia, and she was the founder of a local hospice. We have Phyllis Tuckwell. And back in the late 1950s, she really um, advocated that we we really should be be able to 
die with dignity and care and was a real believer of um of women having that right and not sort of having that the sadness of passing away in a hospital um it's a slightly morbid subject from from myself but yeah both subjects that are really close to my heart and really important and i think without those women um they wouldn't have well without uh, dame cecilia she would not have been able to help my friend and other family members i know who have passed and passed with dignity and care and i think it's really important to recognize those people Thank you, Vicky. Um, yes, it's a tough subject, isn't it? Um, uh, Nadia, um, obviously, same question to you. Um, a woman that's inspired you and why? Really difficult, as with uh, Jo, Laura and Vicky, to, to pick just one woman. Um, that There are several, um, but I'll, I'll talk about two, which um, I guess are the, the big drivers for, for how I behave and do things and think about things and, and all, all of that stuff. First one, uh, my sister, who sadly passed away with lymphoma eight years ago. Um, and why is she inspiring to me? Because um, I think it was her tenacity um, in that she always didn't take, she never took no for an answer. Everything was, if it was a challenge, she'd just put herself forward and just go and do it. And every moment was lived to the fullest. And that's the something that stuck with me when I'm stuck in a, in a project or in a meeting, I'm thinking, God, this is going on for ages, you know, just, I just think to myself, hang on, how would, how would my sister do this? How would Tam do this? How would she approach this? And it's all about just, you know, embracing that every moment that you are in a situation, in this meeting, in this podcast, for example, right? It's an opportunity to express yourself or to teach someone about something for you to know, right? So that's that's why. Um, and also, I think, you know, we're still continuing the work that she was doing with regards to raising money for um, an awareness for the Anthony Nolan Trust. So I think even if, if someone has passed away, their legacy is there and, you know, the, the, the learnings you have from them still live on. So I'm just very, very, um, you know, lucky to have been inspired by my sister. The second person, um, uh, she may, you may be aware of her. Her name is Martine Wright. She's um, one of the survivors of the 7-7 bombing um, in London. Um, so she's now a Paralympian. She was working in marketing. She was an ordinary office person, like every, most people. Um, and then she has, um, through, she's lost her leg, um, obviously gone through a period of rebuilding herself physically, emotionally and mentally and all of that stuff. Um, but in her journey, she's discovered something called um, Team Me, where she talks about surrounding herself with people who will energise her and, and pull her up and, you know, always, you know, when you're facing a situation where you think you're a little bit stuck, where you're not quite sure how to do something or what the next step is, she always asks herself, well, what is stopping you? Um, and I love that question, that self-question, what, what's stopping you, right? Um, so I think um, she's incredibly inspiring. Um, yeah, and, and for, for both of them, I think, if I think about what Laura was saying around mental health, mental wellness and, and all of that, um, you know, that there's a, a massive link in, in the stuff that we're talking about with like you know international women's day and i was talking about being authentic stuff well you know there are things that we can do uh, to help us students inspiring women thanks nad um and some really inspiring examples there and and obviously um yes difficult subjects when you're talking about your sister nadia vicky obviously one of your close friends and joe with the loss of your mum and it, it, I, I guess it's almost frustrating they can't hear you saying what's inspired you about them today and I know that's always a challenge isn't it when you talk about these things so Vicky obviously and Joe and Laura all have daughters I know Nadia has a little boy 
Um, but I'm going to come to you first, Vicky. What do you think the biggest challenges are facing women or young women today? And I know that's a huge question. Um, feel free to take it away. Um, I, I generally believe that social media is up there with one of the toughest situations children uh, girls especially and I'm not saying boys don't but girls especially are confronted with at an early age now um I know from when I was at school I mean I had a, a, a very old house brick as a phone and it did a text and a phone call and that was it my daughter now who has just turned 11 um has whatsapp groups and for me that was enough you know of, of having these girls on different groups etc and 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 not being able to just leave that at school and come home and have the rest of your day away from what you were faced at school. They cannot get away from that. They cannot escape it now. And I think if we do not manage these platforms in, in a certain way, um, unfortunately, some girls out there, girl on girl, can be really, really toxic. But not only that, and that aside, what girls are confronted with it in the media um, filters on Snapchat, you know, all these sorts of things. You're 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 supposed to look a certain way. You know, my daughter said to me the other day at the age of 11, my nose is really big. I want it smaller. How, how does she know that her nose is too big? Because she's perceiving what she sees on the screens and on social media and what she's hearing. And I really do think that social media is one of, and I'm sure um, my other colleagues will touch on other things, but I do think is one of the biggest hurdles that young women need to or have to overcome. Thanks, Vicky. Um, Nadia, um, same question to you. Obviously, I know you have a little boy and I'm sure obviously you have a slant on it as well, but what do you think are the biggest challenges facing women or, or young women today? Oh, goodness. It, there are many challenges across the workplace in our personal lives, um, in the world in general. But if I were to just pick a few with relation to the workplace, perhaps might, that might be uh, more relevant. Um, I think the biggest issue that I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, getting feedback on is that sometimes women um, cannot be their authentic self at work. And I say that because in the industry that I'm in, um, you know, uh, when you're doing business with clients or you're, you know, you're in various meetings or, you know, on various engagements, you're expected to behave a certain way. That certain way has been inherited, has been ingrained. Um, from the the more represented groups in our business, right? So if you think of women, um, if you think of from an IDSE perspective, protected groups, let's say, um, there's a, a bit of a barrier in, in terms of how you can bring your authentic self to work. And that does stop some of our um, quite female senior leaders um, in in being able to be open and express themselves in a way that could be different um, and, you know, um, could be more sometimes successful. So, yeah, there, there's, um, for me, for from, from my perspective, from a workplace perspective, um, being authentic is sometimes a bit of a difficult thing to do. Um, I'd agree with, with Vicky. Um, it, it is social media. Um, I know I have a boy, um, but... If I think about um, our immediate family circle, so he has female cousins and they're very young. Um, one of them is five, the other one is 10, but already they're on social media platforms. They're already evaluating how they look with regards to what they've seen on screen. Um, and that message also filters through to my little one as well, because he hears that. 
And now I do have instances where he'd come up to me and say, oh, mommy, you look nice today. Or mommy, I don't like your hair like that. Or mommy, why don't you wear that dress today? Or, or are you going to the office today? Aren't you wearing your, your shoes with, the, with those heels? You know, so already those little messages are going into their brains of, of how they should be perceiving women. So I think for that generation, when they grow up, that's going to be a challenge in terms of how they look, how they're represented and, and, and how they should be behaving with other people. But certainly for me, I think social media is, is that big one. It, the social media, it's the news, the newspapers, the, you know, the, the technology that we have. Um, you know, there's, we've only, in our organisation, we've just started a, a big a drive around digital wellbeing. And although it's just digital wellbeing focusing on our employees, we're looking at expanding that further into digital wellbeing for the families as well. Um, certainly at my son's school, there, there are digital wellbeing sessions already being run for, for young people, so for kids. Um, so yeah, for me, the digital world, social media, um, all of those kinds of channels are incredibly challenging. I sense there's a theme emerging here. Uh, Laura, uh, same question to you. Yeah, so obviously I agree with um, with Vicky and Nadia, but do you know what? The, when I think about what is the biggest thing that's facing our, our young people, especially our, our girls, uh, women, it's our belief systems a lot of the time. It's the belief systems that we're, we're growing up with through the environments that we're in, through this fast-paced life that we're in, through technology, from what we're seeing, through um, everything that changes throughout the world. And I think the biggest thing that we're facing is that we're not taught, or children, women especially, aren't taught how to manage their thoughts. They're not taught how to uh, deal with all of the different situations that come throughout life. And actually, because of that, I feel, especially down to COVID as well, that we're seeing more and more women especially, um, and, and from young adults, um, having more anxiety and depression, and actually, there's a big part of me that feels like if we had more support in the early stages, if we were able to teach our, our girls how to, to manage their thought processes, their belief systems, um, to, to adapt to this ever-changing world, then I think that would be a great place to start. But I think it's actually a lot of it is from within that uh, it starts from. Thanks. Um, a bit of a different take. No, no, great. Jojo. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting question. I agree with everybody. I agree with all of the comments that have been made by um, the ladies present today. But just to add to that, <clears throat> I also think that the challenge around social media and the influence that it has on young people today, whether it be females, whether it be males, we it never stops. So back in our day, you know, we would come home from school, we would come away from the classroom. <clears throat> and that would be it, really. We would go to bed at night. We'd probably read a book. These days, children are in their bed with their phone, um, and they're reading comments, and they go to bed with those thoughts, those, those anxieties, and they wake up in the morning, and they're probably still thinking about those anxieties, and they look at their phone again, and there might be a whole load of information that drives that anxiety. Um, and I think that's a massive challenge, particularly for the young people today, um, but I also think that <clears throat> when I look back over the years, when I think when I was at college and thinking about what I was going to do when I left college and, and left studying, you know, we would talk about things like being a police officer or, you know, going into a profession, going into a type of work. These days, people want to be <clears throat> social media influencers. They want to be YouTubers. And I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong, but 
that the, the social media world portrays it as a really great opportunity to earn loads of money and it's really easy to get into. Um, and you've got all of these different people trying all of these different things. And actually, it's not that easy. It, it, you know, it isn't that easy. And it, and it can, I think, personally cause an awful lot of anxiety for young people today in particular. Um, well, not actually, not in particular for women. It can happen to anybody. Um, and I also think that as parents, we're living a faster life. Most, a lot of women have to go out to work to provide. Um, and we don't, we don't necessarily maybe have the same time, type of time to spend with our children as maybe our parents did, or certainly my parents did back in the day. So therefore there's this almost this, 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 I want to call it lazy parenting. And I really hope that nobody takes offense to that, but very easy just to put people in front of a screen. How many times you go into a restaurant these days and you see young children sat with an iPad or with a piece of technology that stops them from interacting, stops them from communicating. It's easy to do that. Um, <clears throat> that was never allowed. Well, wasn't a, we weren't able to do that in our day. Um, so, you know, the social media world for sure is a massive influencer. And I think going back to your point, Laura, that negativity that is fed from social media can have a knock on effect of your belief systems. You start to believe you're not good enough. You're not slim enough. You're not pretty enough. You haven't got the right clothes. You haven't got the right technology. Um, so I, all I can say is I would hate to be a youngster in today's society, in today's world. For sure. Thanks, Joe. Um, next question to Nadia then. Um, what advice would you give young women who are starting out in their careers today that might be listening to this podcast? It's a great question. And um, as I'm thinking about answering that, uh, there's some things that I would like to give um, advice on. And I wish I could rewind the clock and, <laughs> you know, 20 odd years, I'm not going to give away my exact age, but if I could rewind the clock and tell myself these things, I think I'd be, I probably would have been um, successful a lot quicker. But anyway, um, some pieces of advice when you're starting out, Nick, uh, it's a bit like, um, you know, uh, I mentioned Martine Wright with her, you know, what's stopping you, right? That question that you can ask yourself, that, that that's the first thing. Um, you know, when you're in particularly an organisation or an industry like mine, it's quite tough. It's male-dominated. It's male-dominated with certain... Um, uh, you know, population groups which are not very well, which are quite overrepresented, right? So it's hard to get yourself known, get yourself visible. But I would say you need to do that. Ask those questions. If you're in that office, talk to that person next to you, volunteer up your time, say that you're new and just, you know, express yourself that way and just be available. So visibility is really important. Asking lots of questions and having a really curious attitude and a really curious approach to things. Um, you know, we, we've got a graduate program, fantastic graduate scheme, where we have lots of um, young women joining us. And that's the kind of things I say when I'm doing my graduate inductions is please be curious and ask lots of questions. Don't be afraid. Um, and I think just to finish off, you know, um, of course, before we take opportunities and all that stuff. But just just, um, you know, we, we talk about this thing called the comfort zone. Um, and I'm talking as myself being a woman, you kind of get into the space of, right, I'm just going to sit over here and maybe not talk to that person because I feel uncomfortable. But for me, it's not about coming out of that comfort zone, but it's expanding that comfort zone. I think giving yourself permission to almost, you know, say, say to that person and, and, and you know, can, can, I, can I help you with this? Or, you know, I'm, I'm working on this project, so I'd like to talk about this. I know I'm getting a bit specific here, but for me, 
expand your comfort zone. Don't come out of it, expand it. Because you still, you know, your comfort zone is your comfort zone. It's your map of reality. It's your map of the world. It's how you operate. It's all about your behavior, how you react to situations. You can't come out of that. You can expand on that, right? Um, I just think, you know, as you are advancing in your career, if you are a young woman and you're approaching things like um, maternity or, you know, maybe you are pregnant and you're starting a new job, there are lots of things coming up in the workplace now. We offer a really fantastic return to work scheme, if you like, where we offer coaching for women before they go off and when they return. And that's not just for the women, but it's for the teams around them as well. So that the whole is a holistic view. So I would say, don't be afraid. Because um, certainly for me, when I had my little one, I was like, oh my God, I'm going on that leave. And you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to come back to a job, right? Um, but you know- Your boss was good at the time, I remember, Nadia. I'm sorry, what's his name? I can't remember. Anyway, Bit of a loser, I've heard. From my industry, I'm only speaking about my industry. Things are changing. Things are picking up. The fact that I've got well-being as my title as well, um, and I've got a well-being manager in my team, speaks volumes for what we're trying to do, not just for women, but for everyone on a physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, digital level in terms of well-being, right? Um, so, yeah, sorry, taking that question a little bit further, but, yeah. Big advice. My my big thing is um, expand that comfort zone. Don't jump out of it. Thanks, Nadia. Um, same question to you, Laura. Um, what advice would you give to young women who are just starting out in their careers? Oh, that's a big question, isn't it? There's so many bits of advice that you could that you could give. But do you know what I think the biggest one for me would be is to always try to look and and be authentic. Um, I think it's really easy when you go into business and you see other leaders to sort of try and um, be like them or be like somebody else because you see that that's the best way forward. And actually what happens then, we go away from, from being our true selves. And so just tuning into all of the traits when you're stepping out of your comfort zone, looking at what skill sets you have, looking if you've got any imposter syndrome that, that's holding you back, just being aware of your own thoughts and feelings and trying to stay authentic to who you actually are. Because, you know, people that are authentic, they do well because they're themselves and people buy into people who are authentic. So I think with all the different advices that are out there for, for new leaders, uh, that would be my top tip, would be to, to stay within yourself in the sense of your own authenticity. Cool. Thank you, Laura. Jojo? Um, yes, it is a great question. <clears throat> Absolutely. I would say, for me, sharpen your saw. So the famous Stephen Covey always talks about one of his seven habits is sharpen your saw. Keep your saw really sharp. Um, and by that, I mean, continue to learn. Never feel as though that you know everything because you don't. So learn, continue to learn, read, ask questions. Um don't compare yourself to other people because you are a unique individual. We are all unique. We're all made up of different things. We all have strengths. We all have development areas. So know what your strengths are. Really focus on your strengths. Strengthen your strengths as much as possible. Surround yourself by people that will help you strengthen your strengths and recognize those strengths. But also understand that there will be development areas and, and areas that you can improve upon. Um, and get the right support and training and help and, and surround yourself by people again that can help you develop those areas that can help you improve. Because the day we stop learning is actually the day we stop growing. Um, and I that would probably be my, my two big tips. 
Thanks, Joe. Um, Vicky, uh, last person to answer this question. Um, yeah, what advice would you give to young women, including your daughters, um, who are just starting out <laughs> um, in their careers? Which I'm guessing they're not in career land yet, but you know. <laughs> nearly. Well, no, not rapidly coming towards it, though. Um, I think the ladies present today have, you know, uh, raised some really relevant points there. But a couple of things I, I think I would give advice to, and, and you know, maybe friends and, and as you say, my children as well, is go with your gut instinct and... <laughs> listen to people, let them help you carve that path, but really take, take ownership and, and, and look at what you want to do and, and be confident to make that decision and not sort of be guided and influenced by those others. Take it on board, but run with your own path. Um, and I am a big believer of go with your gut and, and, and it should steer you in the right direction eventually. Thanks, Vicky. Um, so next question then, um, ladies. Um, and um, I want to ask this one firstly to Joe. Um, how has being a woman impacted your personal and professional life? You're on mute, by the way. Good, because I had to think about the answer to that. <laughs> so <clears throat> let me think about this. So in terms of my, if I think about myself as a woman, obviously as a woman, I've had children, I've had two young children, Um when I had children, I went back to work after four months. I went back to work after four months because I needed to financially. Um, I was married, so I did have a husband, but, you know, I needed to earn money for us to, to have a life, not, not just have, a, have a, love, a, a lavish life, but to have a life and pay a mortgage. So um, I worked part-time, but I had to really juggle working and looking after a, a young family. And because of that, I put my career on hold <clears throat> to a point. And when I looked around me, the people that I was working with, that I'd worked full time with for many years, they started to, their career started to propel forward. And obviously mine didn't because I chose to work, but also to be there for my family. So I think it's been a real juggling act as a woman in business and in my personal life to be able to do both things well, because you come to work and you want to be the best self at work. But you go home and you want to be the best mother and you want to be the best wife and you want to make sure that you're running your family in the, or looking after your family in the best possible way. But sometimes those two things overlap. Um, and I think when I look at my life, there's been times when those things have overlapped and I've really struggled. I've really struggled to get it right and to be the good mother and to, to provide, a, you know, a life for my children as well as come to work and, and, and experience expand my career and do the best job that I can. I think it's a constant battle. And I know these days there are probably lots of men that, that, that work part-time or stay at home. But, you know, 26 years ago, 27 years ago, when I had my first child, it was very much the man went to work and the woman was the person that would take a back seat. Um, so that probably stopped me from developing my career or expanding my career as quickly as I probably wanted it to. Um, so I think just being able to juggle work life, home life, children, and try and do well in your career is a constant battle. And, you know, I have to say, whether we like it or not, women do suffer from hormones. We suffer from hormones at younger age, middle age. We have menopause battles that, you know, you know, I'm a champion of talking about all of these things. And we have to understand that sometimes that can massively affect a woman's confidence, the way they do their job, 
the way they feel about themselves, the way they feel, whether they feel confident enough to even think about a promotion. Um, so we have, we have a lot of things that we've got to contend with as well as perform at our very best and be seen as somebody that's instrumental in making a difference and adding value in the work, in, in the work life. And also our children growing up and looking back and saying, actually, my mum did a really good job. So I think, I hope that answers the question. I know that those answers were quite muddled, but sort of my thoughts coming out and, and spewing out everywhere. <laughs> Um, thanks, Joe. Uh, same question to you, Laura. How has being a woman impacted your personal and professional life? Okay, so if I was to just break this down in my mind, do you know the biggest thing that I really wanted during my career was some flexibility? Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted flexibility when I had the children so that I could, you know, be the best mom, be around for them. And because at the time in my career, I wasn't able to have flexibility. Um, that's definitely changed now in my later years. But back 20 years ago, when I was, you know, had my daughter, um, it really, the, the, the jobs that I was in, you know, I had to give up because I became a mum. Because I, you know, I was, I was actually um, in, in the mortgage world and, and I was told that I couldn't uh, go part-time, even though I know I could have done the job on my head part-time. Um, I was told that I couldn't. And there was no real reason other than, well, you just can't. And uh, not only the feelings of rejection there, but the fact the lack of flexibility really stumped my career. Um, And I had to almost like wait till the children were older before I could then start to come into my own. Now, actually, uh, you know, all these things help us to get into the person that we are and grow into the person we are. And now I have a very flexible work-life um, and as my children are older, I'm able to spend much more time with them. So it, it's kind of, you know, I've, I've always like worked out what I need. But I think businesses as a whole have become more flexible in the later years. Um, and I think, you know, women having children now have much more, are much more available to be able to have that career um, than perhaps, say, 20 years ago. Um, but for me, I would say the, flex, the lack of flexibility was, was, was a challenge in my career. Thanks, Laura. Um, finally, Vicky. Um, how has being a woman impacted your personal and professional life? Yeah, I'm going to reiterate what Joe and Laura said um, and, and just touch on something as well. You know, 10 years ago when I gave up corporate life um, and almost forced out of my job because of being pregnant, um, I was running a similar position to a male colleague who um, continued to work in the same environment as I did. Um, and had no redundancy no and but no real reason as to why other than that I was pregnant and I I, I'd obviously wanted to look after my family um and I think for me the the biggest thing I took from that was how grossly unfair it was that somebody who was in my eyes not doing the job as well as I was was able to stay in that position because they weren't a woman they weren't pregnant they weren't going off to to have a family and actually um I'd already had one child and come back six months later earlier from my maternity leave to to go back to my job for being asked and felt that I was doing my job really well um and so I guess I would consider that a a major kick in the teeth um in my career but I do think one of small amount of positives that have come from COVID and from hybrid working is that I am from speaking to friends who have, you know, recently had children, 
There seems to be less and less of that now. And there seems to be more and more acceptance in women working from home. And actually, um, one of the people we work quite closely with manages her children at home full time with a full time job. And my heart goes out to her because I just think that's an amazing position um, to be in, but also incredibly stressful at times, I guess, as well. But it just shows how quickly we have evolved and long may it last. And I think it's it's amazing that we are now finally turning a corner on that. Thanks, Vicky. Um, so my next question um, I know we've talked about some of the challenges that that women face today and advice to our younger generations, potentially. Where do you think the biggest opportunities are for women? You know, looking at the bright side of all of this, where is their opportunity that listeners to this podcast can think, actually, this excites me about the opportunity I have that's ahead of me. Um, and I'm going to let whoever wants to speak first, go first. And um, I think um, going back to what we were just saying about t- you know, in the last five years, how much things have changed in terms of gender and being gender neutral and and talking about the those jobs that um, historically, you know, being in the fire service was predominantly male orientated, et cetera, et cetera. There seems to be more and more women now, um, amazingly, joining the military, joining um, public services. And those jobs that hereditary were male dominated, there seems to be more and more women joining those services and and actually to a certain extent that really does help with a family and a family life you know working in the public sector is shift work etc there's more avenues of part-time so I really think that is a a, a great avenue to look down going forward. Thanks Vicky. Laura? Do you know what I think the opportunities are everywhere literally I'm not even going to say whether there's this here there's this that it's everywhere and it's our mindset that actually allows us to have a lot more opportunities I think in and actually having the right mindset having a growth mindset allows you to see possibilities that you never thought were possible and actually just that little shift in your mindset means that there's opportunities everywhere around you and you know that's my advice really is open your eyes get that better mindset get that growth mindset and, and see where you can go with it, because there's always possibilities out there. Thank you, Laura. Joe. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about challenges, but I agree. We are in such a strong position nowadays. We have so much information at our fingertips. We have an opportunity to join a business that potentially will let us go to university and do a master's. We have businesses that will let us study at the same time as do our work. 20 years ago, that probably wasn't as, well, certainly not from my experience, something that was readily available. We have, like Vicky's already spoken about, if you look at the police force, the fire service, you have women that are able to to join those, you know, those different environments, you know, go into the forces, go into the Navy. You never had those opportunities 15, 20, 30 years ago. Everything is for the taking. Everything is for the taking. Absolutely, I believe that. I think, you know, I was listening to something this morning about putting women in space because I don't think there's been a woman that's actually landed on the moon yet. But that's probably something that's going to happen in the future. You know, never would that have even come into the equation years ago. So I think we have so much to look forward to. Um, that 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 gender gap is is pay gap and everything is closing. I think DNI is such a massive subject in today's world that businesses 
have no choice actually but to understand the importance of dni to un- understand the importance that that you know women want to have um the same space at the table as men um so i i would be quite excited about that even though i've spoken about the fact that i wouldn't want to be a young person in today's world actually if you are a young person there are massive opportunities to excel in your life and i would say grab every opportunity you can with open arms so um, my penultimate question for you ladies <clears throat> now uh, uh, the reason i invited you to be on this panel today is because i find you incredibly inspiring as women role models and um i'm not sure you get to celebrate your own successes often enough so my final my, my penultimate question should i say is what's your proudest moment and why anyone of you can go first laura Oh, I, I, need, I think it might have beaten Vicky to it then, but yeah, okay, so I go, I go quickly. Um, do you know, my proudest moment is um, I faced a really nasty health challenge about six years ago, and I used to believe that my career could never excel because of it. I used to believe all sorts of negative emotions about myself, and I was just literally, I just felt stuck in life. So my proudest moment is the fact that I've managed to work through that. And I've also seen how the gaps in care and supporting within the workplace has led me to where I am today, where I'm able to come onto this magnificent platform of Seedle and talk about well-being, but also having my own my own private clients where I'm able to help people move forward. And for me, stepping out of my comfort zone, putting myself out there, being vulnerable, learning new skills later on in life um, and knowing that actually I can do whatever I want to do. And I think for me, that's my proudest moment is just being able to be vulnerable, say what I need and learn and just do the things that bring me joy, essentially. Thanks, Laura. Um, Vicky, did you want to go second? Yeah, I mean, I've, it's a really hard question to actually answer, um, especially as a woman, because I think the proudest moment I've ever had is having my children. Um, And I don't really think anything can trump that, but there's different variations of it. And actually having my children was my proudest moment of my life. Um, But I think it's closely followed by where I am today and how I've got there makes me incredibly proud of the fact that I stood by what I believed was right. And actually every career path I've taken has made me the person I am today. So actually, yes, having my children is my proudest moment, but actually I think having my children gave me that freedom because I was lucky enough to to take redundancy and not work for a few years to give me that freedom to have a breath and really realize what I wanted to do and take that career path. So having the confidence to have that break and knowing it's okay has made me the person I am today. So for that, I feel very proud. Thanks, Vicky. Joe. Gosh, I was, you know, I was thinking about the answer and I was strangely getting emotional about um, what I would say, but um I guess losing my mum at 23 in a, in a fairly tragic way, which most of you, if not all of you know about, um, coming through that, um, four years later, having my firstborn who was diagnosed with a, a disability and most of his childhood being spent at hospitals, in hospitals, physios, and holding down a stressful job in sales at the time, coming through that, 
Um, those are the two significant things that have happened in my personal life that have influenced me, but also enabled me to, to, to understand that actually I've got a lot of strength to get through so many different things. But I also think now I'm at a stage in my life where my children are now grown up, you know, my, my youngest is now 21. And actually my proudest moment is looking back at both of them and, and thinking, do you know what? You did all right, Joe. You did all right. You're in a great job. You've progressed your clear your career slowly but steadily. I've never been particularly ruthless. Um, I've never sort of scrambled to the top and trampled over everybody. That is not my style and never will be. But you know, slowly but surely, I've taken those uphill steps. Um, and I've and I've got to a place in my career that I'm really happy with, really proud of of what I've achieved. But also, I can look back. At my children with pride and say you did it you did it despite facing a couple of big challenges like we all have um and i'm you know here to tell the tale i guess you are thanks joe my last question then ladies um what does international women's day mean to you and i'll go to vicky first for this one um, and I'm going to say reflection and celebration. I think I think reflecting on where we've come and my goodness, we've come a long way and celebrating that really just looking back and going, wow, you know, without those certain inspirational women that have stood up for what's right, we would absolutely not be in the place we are today. So really for me, two words, reflection and celebration. Thanks, Vicky. Joe, would you like to go second on this one? trying to kind of you know spice up the order for just fun and stuff you're muted though joe i tell you what the suspense is killing us all <laughs> oh i just think wow to, to be able to celebrate such an amazing group of people across the world um especially in a world where you know that different differentiation between man and woman is slowly diminishing um, whether we agree with that, whether we don't, the, the facts are the, the differentiation isn't isn't there as much anymore. So we are incredible people. We are incredible gender. And um, I think the fact that it's celebrated and continues to be celebrated. You know, I was listening to the radio station this morning and every single song they played on the radio station was inspirational women singing inspirational songs. Um, you look, look at LinkedIn. It's everything's out there. So I think we should be very, very proud of that. And um, I'm delighted that it's it's being celebrated. So that's fine. Thanks, Joe. Finally, Laura. Finally, me. Okay, so what does International Women's Day mean to me? Um, do you know what? I just love the fact that we can we can absolutely celebrate just being awesome women. And like this morning, I put a nice little picture of me and my two girls on Facebook um, and just just said, look, look at my love, you know, my awesome, empowered ladies of my life. And it's not just about that. It's about equality for women, isn't it? It's about women being accelerated and actually over the years seeing that difference. And that's what I love about it. And I and I love March, not only because it's my birthday in March, but also because of, of International Women's Day and the fact that we can celebrate that. We can talk about it. We're doing things like this, having a podcast, talking about women, just getting people's different perspectives. Um, so I think it really deserves a day in the year when we can do that. And so that's what it means to me, just celebrating women and accelerating women's equality, for sure. 
Thanks, Laura. Um, <clears throat> it's been really, really good um, having some time with you today. Obviously, International Women's Day is something that I agree with. Um, from, a, from a man's perspective, I think it's great to to celebrate the successes. And and to what Joe said, I think, you know, there, there is less that is is different about us. And I think that's an important point to make. But I think it's great that we can use these opportunities to celebrate um, the unsung heroes often. And I think there are still parts of the world that need to look at what we are doing in, in the countries where we are getting it right or better. I think there's still a lot more work to do. But, um, you know, I'm certainly proud to be able to do this without there being a fear of, of you know of of consequences in some countries of the world celebrating women would be seen as a real bad thing and i think we're, we're lucky to have that so um look um obviously as we reach the end of our um extra special podcast today um i want to just thank um all of you for joining us today nadia um from uh interpath advisory who's global head of lnd there um, Joe Shepard, Chief Learning Officer at Seedle.com, where you can find all these amazing, uh, lovely webinars and stuff. And of course, you can also see Vicky and Laura. Um, Vicky Cousins, um, who is one of the user engagement managers at Seedle, does an amazing job working with so many of our clients um, with all sorts of challenges on a day-to-day -day basis. And finally, Laura, um, not only has the most relaxing voice in the history of mankind, um, or people kind, should I say, um, uh, Laura also is the voice of so many of the mental wellness webinars. So it's been really great talking to you all today. Thanks very much. So lovely to see you. You too. You too. I wanted to give you like a virtual hug. I know. <laughs> yeah, Aww. exactly.